Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Today for our international news review, Nicholas Fang, the managing director at Black Dot and the director of security and global affairs at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs, as well as Steve Oaken, the senior advisor at McClarty and Associates. Nicholas, Steve, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good morning, GVZ. Good to see you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, lots to talk about today, and we're going to do in two segments here. Let's talk first about the Singapore budget that came out this week. And it was a big budget, something really for almost everybody. And Deputy Prime Minister Heng Sui Kiet brought it out on Tuesday. Uh, Some immediate measures, including a $4 billion package to help firms with cash flow and retain workers and uh, $1.6 billion for household expenses amid the coronavirus, COVID-19. Nick, what are some of the big takeaways for you on this budget? Well, I think one of the things that we always should bear in mind when we look at annual budgets, especially in the context of Singapore, is that they are very rarely to be taken in isolation. You should never look at them as a single milestone. They, each year's budget builds on the previous years and typically builds on the budgets within the current term of government. And in Singapore's case, because of the long-term political stability, it builds on many, many years of budgets before that. So in that context, if we look at past the headline numbers, the historic mm. deficit that we are likely to see this year, extremely expansionary budget, you see certain key threads that are continued from previous years. So I think the government has quite consistently maintained that we need to reinvent, re-energize the economy. Yeah. You know, following the first 50 years, you now we're looking to the next 50 years and beyond. Many, many different challenges, a very disruptive uh, global economy, very competitive marketplace, a lot of transformation driven by technology. A certain key push to upskill the workforce, to encourage companies, to you know, digitize and allow technology to play a greater role in mm. their in their business growth. At the same time, looking at the demographic changes, an aging population, a shrinking population, the need to do more with less manpower, the need to tap on the elderly workforce, with the potential retirement age being pushed back as well. Yeah, yeah. We saw a lot of these measures in this year's budget going towards encouraging companies to look in at things in that kind of perspective. Do you have a sense that most of the budget was as it would have been outlaid, let's say, in December, November last year? How much of the budget was actually changed in the past six weeks to specifically deal with COVID-19? Well, DPM, Heng Sui Kiet, who's also the finance minister, you know, he said normally he'd have two files to refer to from the budget and they had to add <laughs> another file. So, you know, just in terms of sheer volume, 50% of the budget was, you know, more material and more consideration had to be put into to address the COVID-19 situation. There must have been some late nights for those guys before well, putting that together in the last Knowing uh, the guys so. in the in the finance ministry, they have late nights anyway. So <laughs> this just probably meant that more people had late nights and more people called back into work on this. And I think that if you, you know, Steve and I were just talking just now, you're looking at the global numbers. You know, Singapore kind of started on a bit of a high. We were ranked second outside of China. And now slowly we're, we're coming down that list. It's other, the spread is moving around. And the number of people who are recovering is going up yeah. in Singapore. So we have 40 discharged and 89 total who are diagnosed. So the, those who are discharged and those who are still in there is kind of evening out. Um, yeah. But if you look at the amount of money that the COVID-19 sort of support package within the budget was deployed, mm. the government is taking this very seriously. Mm. I think it's a reflection of the global impact 
potential global impact of the virus, the impact on supply chains in China, the, the, yeah. the manufacturing sector in China. So the government's preparing for that kind of impact. Yep. I think just in within Singapore alone, 89 people being diagnosed, does, you, know, you might think that the response is a little bit out of sync. Yeah. We're speaking with uh, Nicholas Fang, the Managing Director of Black Dot and Director of Security and Global Affairs at Singapore Institute of International Affairs, and Steve Oaken, our Senior Advisor for McClarty Associates. And Steve, how did the budget strike you in terms of what it will mean for business here and people doing business around the region, perhaps? Well, there's two things to think about with this budget that you don't think about with ordinary budgets. The first, of course, is COVID. COVID-19. And while Singapore, you know, as Nick just said, is starting to seem like things are becoming more under control here, are getting back to normal in terms of people meeting and, and, and engaging outside the office, it's getting worse outside of Singapore. Japan, Korea are just getting there. And now, who knows what's going to happen if this spreads within Africa. Well, we're seeing the Middle East as well, and now uh, and Italy now has a big spike happening there, too. So. Exactly. So yeah. this budget is not going to be set in stone. Clearly, Singapore has got a calibrated response to COVID-19, and it could get a lot worse here from a business impact because what's happening, of course, outside of Singapore, Singapore being so exposed to the, uh, the global economy. And the second thing to keep in mind with this budget is it's an election year budget. There are politics with every government. And so it's no surprise when a government is going into an election year, you are going to see things in a budget you might not see otherwise. Hard to say with COVID-19 whether or not you'd have had a budget that has the greatest deficit that Singapore's ever had. Probably not. But when you bring both together, unclear where the balance is as to what impacted the budget most, but both did. We saw certain elements of the budget that made people happy. For example, the announcement delay of any increase in the GST. Nick, how many of those types of issues do you think were meant to sort of offset the costs of COVID-19 and also election year uh, considerations, those sorts of things? What are you hearing from your sources? Well, so the GST postponement, uh, it's, not, it's not a doing away with the GST, but yeah. I think the government recognizes that it's probably not the best time now to <laughs> put in something like that when the outlook is so hazy for the economy. The sort of $100, 100 to $300 handouts to everybody of age 21 and above. You know, that's something that potentially we might not have seen if we hadn't had COVID-19 or, or if it had not been a, mm. an election year in that sense. So those are some of the, you know, the goodies, I suppose, that were being given out. But, you know, as, as Steve was saying, there's, there's so many items in the budget. There are so many large, significant uh, programs that are tackling really big issues. I think we shouldn't forget sustainability was a, was a big feature of this mm. year's budget as well. Uh, there's a certain push towards uh, electric vehicles, the decision to try to phase out internal combustion engines, you know, in, in a few I mean, years. that's time. huge, right? I mean, that's the first time we've seen that kind of a major announcement or push toward that. I mean, there's been a lot of lag in Singapore in terms of electric vehicles in, in recent years that people have been wondering, hey, why isn't this not a bigger thing here? Well, so it's interesting to see or to hear it officially now as part of the budget process. It is. And I think the, the government has always been, was always a bit cautious in the early fa uh, days when we were looking at electric technology for vehicles yeah. because, you know, you have to look at the entire supply chain, the entire right. manufacturing process and to decide whether an electric vehicle with the batteries and the manufacturing process actually has a higher or lower carbon impact than com compared to a more traditional cars. But I think the answer right now is that it looks pretty much better and, and it's something we should push. There was a few billion dollars put aside to address rising sea levels as well. So, you know, environment and environmental challenges part of the budget as well. So, you know, I know it's a cliche to say it's a budget for everyone, but there really was 
a lot of different areas being addressed. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about, you know, the 2020 budget and budgets going forward is that the biggest issues are not going to be COVID-19. That is a short-term issue that is going to get addressed. Climate change is with us for decades, and the budget needs to start addressing those. Singapore is starting to do that now. Income inequality, a huge issue. You know, we were all talking about how we've all seen parasite. Income inequality, a massive issue in South Korea. It's a massive issue in the United States, which is why we may get a Trump versus Sanders right campaign. That's because about income inequality. Singapore's addressing it in its budget. It's getting in front of it as well as any government is, but it's still going to be a challenge here. And so the budget is short-term COVID-19, short-term election, but long-term, fortunately, the Singapore government is looking at those bigger issues, too. Let's tack just a little bit more toward the COVID-19. We saw uh, Changi Airport's giving some concessions uh, to the renters there, the the workers, uh, or the I should say the businesses there. Hong Kong International Airport has just announced $1.6 billion Hong Kong dollars in concessions there to help not only with what happened with the protests, but now coming on to COVID-19 as well. Would we expect to see more of these types of concessions made, not only in Singapore, but regionally? And and maybe, Steve, we'll start with you. What do you think the business impacts will be? Will that actually help kickstart or restart the business community. Boy, you're giving me a good opening for talking about AmCham Singapore. <laughs> We're having our survey come out on Wednesday. Mm. Minister Chan Chun Singh is coming to AmCham to talk to the board, to talk to the U.S. business community, to hear from us what we're seeing, and also to tell us what Singapore is doing. This is, I'm afraid, we're just going to have to start scratching the surface on what needs to get done for businesses. The obvious ones are the airlines and the hotels. You go to hotels now, occupancy rates are, you know, 20%. 10% where it would normally be 50 to 100%. So it's a terrible hit on tourism. It's going to start hitting everybody. It's going to start hitting financial services. It's going to start hitting, and it has hit SMEs. And so we need to get as the business community what's happening and what's going to happen because these concessions you just talked about, which are the easy ones to find, it's going to have to go deeper, and it will. Yeah. Nicola, uh, what do you think about that? Well, you know, if the MCM event is closed door, <laughs> you might have to take a bit more care with that. Um, but I think <laughs> no that record, in terms No of, recording devices. <laughs> I think that in terms of, for example, Glenn, what you're, what you're talking about in terms of the rebate measures, I think from the retailer's point of view, you know, I was reading some reports and this calls for a lot more to be done. You know, Jewel at Changi was offering 50% rental rebates for the month of February and March. And they're saying, oh, everybody should be doing that. I think it's important to bear in mind that the developers, the landlords, the, the mall operators, they're businesses too. And they're going to be hit by this current situation as well. So the government has given them some rebates and encouraged them to pass that on completely to right. tenants and retailers. So I know a lot of them have been doing that. Frasers, a few of these big mall operators have been doing that. Uh, of course, the, the tenants and businesses are saying we should have more. We should have foreign worker levies, you know, cut as well like we had in SARS. And, and that comes to the difficulties and the challenges that the government is facing. They're trying to encourage local workforce growth. They're trying to protect jobs for Singaporeans. And they're trying to modernize the workforce and prepare for the future challenges. But then you have businesses who are also facing current, real, immediate problems and who are crying out for help. So I think, again, just to go full circle, if you look at what the budget has done, the government has been trying to, to, to tread this really fine line between addressing current uh, concerns and doing enough to help people so that we don't see businesses collapse and, and shut down. 
But at the same time, keep this momentum for future growth going and not take, you know, a step forward and then two steps back. So I think that's going to be a challenge this year in yeah. particular, but for the years ahead too. From a strategic st- standpoint, is this a moment where many businesses are going to have to get rid of some of their foreign labor or will just by, by just because of what's happened, uh, be shedding foreign labor? And will that have an impact if we look toward, you know, Q4 of this year or second half of this year or even in 2021, a positive benefit for Singaporeans and uh, taking on new jobs, better jobs, jobs that, frankly, people had to vacate because of the downturn in the economy in this first half of the year. Is there that kind of a view or uh, that kind of reality, I should say? Not yet. And because the foreign labor who's here tend to be, certainly at the in the multinational space, are working in global roles or regional roles. If those go away, they're going away for everybody. I mean, if, if we're losing trade, if we're losing supply chains, we're losing financial services, that's not going to be real. You're, you're not going to downsize those, you know, from foreign labor uh, if they're here as expats. Maybe you'll see some localization of packages. But that trend has been happening regardless yeah, yeah, yeah. of COVID-19. So I don't think it's going to, at the managerial level, the, the trend is there. It's localize those jobs, bring in the foreign labor where you have to on things like artificial intelligence, on mm. electric vehicles, where you have that experience from the outside that, that helps Singapore so great. And at the lower end, you may see people going home, but they'll come back when the economy picks up. Yeah. If they're allowed to come back without too much uh, leave of absence or quarantine and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's every sort of challenge presents opportunities. When faced with this kind of shock, you know, with this kind of crisis, mm. which thank goodness Singapore doesn't face on a regular basis. It's a good time for a reflection for a lot of businesses to say, hey, you know, am I doing enough to be prepared for the future? Certainly, we don't wish these kind of shocks or challenges all the time, but it is a good opportunity for companies to say, are we doing enough to tap on technology? Am I over-reliant on cheap foreign labor instead of thinking about how we can upskill our local workforce to do right. more with less. You know? So that, it's, a good, it's a good signal, I think. All right. Thanks to Steve Oaken, International Senior Advisor for McClarty Associates, and Nicholas Fang, Managing Director, Black Dot, Director of Security and Global Affairs for Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Thanks, gentlemen, for being on our International News Review. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.